trust that you'll be inspired, uplifted, and encouraged as we look into God's Word together. I realized as I began to study out this metaphor of rivers and water in the Word that um, as a metaphor, obviously, it's got its limitations, but that the scriptural principles contained in the metaphor apply in many other ways as well. And some metaphors actually uh, dovetail. So, scripturally, the metaphor of water is also similar to the way the Bible talks about pathways because water has a flow and a path, right? It's got a journey that it goes on. So some synonyms in the Bible are path and way. And what do they symbolize? Well, a path and a way consists of the habits and customs in our lives that are familiar to us. Another synonym um, is the thoughts and the mindsets and the belief systems that we have. It's the thoughts and the mindsets and the beliefs that empower our habits and our customs and create those familiar things in our lives. So Proverbs chapter 4 talks about this in verse 18. It says, The path of the righteous is like the morning sun shining ever brighter till the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. So we see the path of the righteous, like the morning sun. You can see God is involved in this person's life and God's favor and blessing is over the righteous man and woman whose heart is set toward him. And it's no accident because we cannot separate our ways and our paths, our habits and our customs to our, from our belief systems and our thoughts. So the belief systems that we have and the thoughts that we um, entertain in our minds lead to the actions and attitudes that we have that creates the pathways that we walk in life. And going back to the metaphor of rivers, it's the same thing. Rivers are influenced by a couple of things, as we said earlier. One of the things that influences a river is uh, the inclination. The direction of a river is always set by the inclination of the landscape. We know water always flows downhill, right? An incline is determined by how steep it is, which in turn determines the speed and force with which the water moving down the incline flows. For example, have you guys ever seen a picture or maybe a video clip of uh, the water flowing over the Niagara Falls? It's pretty impressive, right? <laughs> Looks amazing. I'd love to go and see a waterfall that big and powerful quite different to the flow of the water flowing just down the road in the Barkins Valley though. There's some differences. Why? 
Well, there's a bit of a difference of the incline. The Niagara Falls, we know, there's a big rocky ledge and large volume of water flows over that ledge and cascades down the other side and makes for this amazing landmark. Barkins River just down the road, not much of an incline, pretty flat, the volume of water far less. So in, all these things determine the characteristics of the river. But you know that we use the word inclinations to speak about ourselves and other people as well. So our inclinations speak of the strength of our desire, resolve, determination, and the natural tendencies we have which lead, direct, and shape our lives. Why didn't you do that? No, no I wasn't inclined to do it. It just yeah, it didn't really take my fancy. You get me now? We have these inclinations. What are your inclinations? Do the inclinations which are shaping your life come from God? 1 Peter 2 and verse 11 says, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Wow! That's Quite an intense statement. Sinful desires which war against. So there's some inclinations which are not right. They're not from God and God is cautioning us against them. On the other hand, Romans chapter 14 verse 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. Is he trying to coach us here on eating and drinking? Not just. He's talking us taught to us to make us aware of natural inclinations versus what God would have for us, right? So it says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So as we walk with God, as we walk in His ways, we think His thoughts, we speak life, we walk in righteousness, peace, and joy. I know that's what I want for my life. But the reality is you speak to many people and you hear people speak where they, they you, can, you know they're at war within themselves. You know, there's this um, unresolved matter or issue in their lives and sometimes people are dragged down by these unresolved things, you know. Just can't come to a place of peace in this. Why? These other influences are cutting across the flow of their lives. And sometimes people even know and love God, but these other things are pulling them aside, distracting them. We have to learn to set aside those other forces, those other inclinations, those other desires to be focused on what God would have for our lives so we can flow with Him. You'll only ever go in the direction of the flow. Nice little rhyme there to help you remember. And you can say this about your life. Well, what direction am I going in? Well, I'm only going to go in the direction of the flow. Where is that motivation coming from that's pulling me to the side? Let me ask you some questions. What is the flow of your mind? Well, I know that may seem like an obscure question. How do I really answer that? But I'll tell you what I think would give us a bit of insight. What are you watching on YouTube? <laughs> what are you who are you following on Instagram 
How do you spend your time on Facebook? What are your curiosities? This is a question that could be awkward for some people. How would you feel if your recent Google search history was made public? Prepare to bet it would shed some light on your inclinations and your desires. But we can ask these questions about our whole life. What is the flow in your health? Are you eating with a plan and a strategy to cleanse and strengthen your body? What is the frequency and quality of your exercise? What is the quality of your sleep? What is the dynamic and the flow in your family? What is the flow of your finance and your provision? So as you begin to think of flow like this, you realize we have ways and flows in many different areas of our lives. We even talk about flow to describe each other. For example, we might say, hey dude, just go with the flow, my bro." <laughs> what do we mean when we say that? In other words, come on man, stop causing a disruption. <laughs> come into agreement with us so that we can move on, so that we can get this thing done. You know, let's not get stuck here. Go with the flow. <laughs> So as I was saying, what is the flow in your family? What is the flow in your business? Satan likes to use some things to cut across the flow, to bring disruption. Let me give you some examples of things that cut across the flow and bring disruption. Strife, anger, temper tantrums, aggression. Constant irritation and annoyance, addiction, jealousy. These are things that cause disunity and bring division. There are seeds Satan plants in our lives to cut across the flow of what God has planned and purposed for us. But the good news, and we're going to end on this, is that through the work of the Holy Spirit, God gives us the fruits of the Spirit which brings us into unity with His flow for our lives. What is the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, meekness, self-control, long-suffering. How many of you know if we practice those things we're also going to get a different result we'll get god's planned results those things are going to bring us into a place of peace harmony productivity unity blessing favor you see what god showed me and this is what i want to end with is that many times as believers we want the shortcuts no, no, just get me to the end result. What I want is this thing. I want God's provision. I want God's healing. I want His favor. I want the blessing. But it starts somewhere. What is the source of those things that we want? A river has a source. What are the source of those things scripturally? You know, we just want a shortcut. We want to go and do our own thing and be busy with our own 
ambitions and priorities. But then all of a sudden we come to a crisis. God, save me now. And God in His grace, you know, will always meet us at our point of need. But how many of you also know that God doesn't want us to live from crisis to crisis in our lives? He's got a better way. You know? It's like if you doing something silly and you hurt yourself, you hurt your arm, and you go to the physio, and the physio's like, what did you do? And like, well, I, I did this. The physio's like, oh, well, no wonder you hurt your arm like that. You know, you, sh you shouldn't have lifted the weight like that. Let me rather tell you how to do it, and let's get your arm fixed up and rehabilitated, and we'll get it strong again. But now you know not to do it that way again. God wants us to walk in His ways in His plans and purposes for our lives so we don't live from crisis to crisis, so we can walk in the flow of His blessing for our lives. How many of you want to walk in God's favor on a daily basis? We need to have His life flow, His living waters flowing through our lives then on a daily basis. But there's a thing that stands between us many times and this life flow. Of God. You know, we, we say, yeah, 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 no, we want that. But there's this thing called familiarity. There's this thing called comfort. And the irony is, we want the change, but we don't want to disrupt what is familiar and comfortable in our lives. Sometimes we even get comfortable with things we know are not best. But, you know, I've always been like that. I've always done it that way. I've always spoken like that. I've always thought like that. You know? But if we want that which we've never had, we have to do that which we've never done. We have to be willing to change. So the irony is that that which is uncomfortable and unfamiliar is probably the very thing we need to do in order to change. Growth involves change. But many times we're not willing to change until we become dissatisfied with what we have, where we are, or where we are headed. I've seen that many times in my own life and as I've observed others, uh, someone was going in a way for a long time. Next time you see them, maybe it's been a while. Hey, what happened? No, no, I just I, I got to the point where I just had enough. I just realized I could not continue eating that way. I couldn't continue not exercising. I decided to start eating right and to start exercising. And like, they look like a new person, you know? Or maybe it was in a work situation and income related, you know? Hey, what happened? You're driving a nice car? No, well, I just decided. We, we have to get to a point of being dissatisfied. And when we come to God as well, we have to come before Him and say, Lord, the things that I have, I thank You for them. But Lord, they're just things. Lord, the, the way I've lived, I thank You for all the, that You've done for me up until this point in time. But Lord, today I ask You to speak to me afresh, to speak to me anew. Lord, I'm willing to be obedient to do that which You tell me to do. There's no other way to walk in God's ways. There's no shortcuts to walking in in God's flow of His blessing in our lives. We have to be willing and obedient, the Bible says. You have to be willing and obedient to eat the fruit of the land. That's what the scripture actually says. So, challenging. 
hopefully encouraging and inspiring as well. <laughs> Let's stand together and we're just going to pray. Instagram or Facebook. We'd love to meet with you in person.